Welcome everybody to the Low Key Podcast. I am Tim Malloy. With me as always are our other two co-hosts, Keith Denny and Aaron Lanson. And this week we are talking about fatherhood, starring Kevin Hart as a dad who very suddenly loses his wife just as their newborn daughter is born and has to raise her on his own. Um, Something funny, I know this doesn't sound like a funny setup, but I was very amused to notice uh, this book was based on a memoir by a guy named Matt Logelin. Uh, it was originally called Two Kisses for Maddie, which is a very sweet name it's because the father used to have his daughter give one kiss for him and one kiss for his wife. Um, but it's now known as Fatherhood Media Tie-In uh, is the Kindle title of the book. Fatherhood Media Tie-In. So check out Fatherhood Media Tie-In if you like this movie. SEO on fleek. We have... On <laughs> Uh, two dads, that's Aaron and me. We have one non-dad, perhaps future dad, that's Keith. Uh, so we're going to try to take this from a little bit of a dad perspective. What did you guys think? I like the movie. Um, it is definitely tugging at the heartstrings in, in, in many different ways. I think sometimes it, it's weird, like the balance of humor and uh, with kind of the the dramatic sometimes it's a little jarring especially at the beginning like you just had in spoilers we're gonna do spoilers here um i mean and we, we know this early right um even in the trailer that the mother passes away his wife um what were they married actually i said his wife but i think they may have been anyway yeah, they were they were married okay I, yeah i thought so um but after she passes away there's like a few comedic moments. Now, Kevin Hart is kind of like, hey, I'm not with the, the jokes at the moment either. Well, excuse me, his character's name is Matt in this case. So I guess like he's named after the guy in the book. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like it's it's a little jarring moments. But, you know, the rhythm of it feels right after a bit. I thought they did a really good job of balancing um, some of the friends. You know, we have uh, uh, Jordan played by uh, Laurel and then um, Howard played by Paul Reiser. Uh, they have some interesting chemistry together that I thought really worked. There's some some moments that are really, really fun to me, like where they're sitting there uh, with the, the poker game and Maddie isn't there. And then uh, they were like, man, you know, we kind of miss Maddie. Da, da, da. But I forgot, like, he said, well, they didn't say we missed it. They kept talking about the cookies, man. We're playing with cookies instead of money. And then Kevin Hart gets up, man, y'all, y'all, y'all be all these damn cookies when I bring, bring them back out. And then when he leaves, he's like, man, you could just say you missed it too. I mean, that's all we wanted, really. Um, <laughs> But it's 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 really cute. It's got um, just a, a lot of heart, pun intended. And um, but but it, it really does, I think, um, you know, hit the right level of, of ethos and, and some of the challenges that, that really are present. Um, seriously, like when you are a parent, um, I have a four year old now and it's almost like having a five year old. Um, there are differences, but I just went through a very difficult daycare experience. <laughs> so. <laughs> It, it kind of was, was catching me at the right moment, too. So it's, you know, it's a trip, man. I really do think they did a good job overall with this movie. Mm. Um, I think I think it was, to, to add to your point, I think it was pretty a pretty decent film for the most part. Um, it's my first time seeing Kevin Hart in a, a, a more of a dramatic role. Is this an Oscar bait movie? Out of curiosity, do you guys think? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Really, I don't. I don't. It because there's something about it. I don't know what it is. There's something about it that I think 
you know how you watch something because I've had I felt the same way about Concrete Cowboy where you like okay it's a decent film something about it that's a little that might be missing you know mm-hmm. to to take it on to that level of where it um really like grips you and like kind of like stays with you for a while right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like um i think this is a was a decent film to watch you know we watched it it was a while ago like around father's father's day um but i don't think it's something that i would even remember like you know a year or two from now mm-hmm. um okay, okay but you know it had it had great moments um um kevin hart was able to flex his more you know dramatic you know side and that was nice to see i watched um, melody hurt in anything too though who that melody hurt so the, the woman who played um you know uh maddie like she's pretty even in the short time she was there i felt like you know it felt yeah. genuine you know um I, th- I thought all the women were really excellent in this movie. Uh, Alfred yeah. Woodard was. We also was got great. yeah, Alfred Woodard, and she's always doing an amazing job. Always, always. Rather she's rather she playing a drug addict or somebody else, mama. Dude, she can do, she can play everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then of course, Dewanda Wise. Um, you know, form. I mean, she's been known for a lot of stuff, but she was also the lead in uh, the Netflix series. She's got to have it. Um, uh-huh. and and she really, um, I thought was excellent in, in many different I think ways. she was I think she was good I think there was something uh, I had a small problem with how she was written in a sense Ooh, it just say more well I don't know how to say it. it's <laughs> she just it's one of those things where it's like a character it feels like a, a female character or a love interest where they're written to be too perfect in a sense yeah I agree mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like she just it's it's almost like okay she met this guy she she likes him like right away and she accepts the fact that he has a kid you know what i'm saying he he has this moment where he just breaks up with her that you know you know in a movie world it makes sense but in real life it kind of doesn't make sense but okay but, but so okay please i'm only going to say this please continue your point but the movie does not do a good job of really taking advantage of that moment that happens between yeah. them after his uh, after Maddie. Um, for for people who haven't seen it, I, I wanted to bring this up, and I yeah, wanted please, to try to think of a way to explain it as succinctly as possible. There's this ongoing thing where Maddie is breaking a rule at her school because she wants to wear pants instead of wearing a skirt, as the school requires. Mm-hmm. And once the school makes her actually wear a skirt, a series of things happen that are just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> where his relationship falls apart um he's ready to pull her out of the school he's ready to like move away and it's just way too much incident around this one thing and he also right. blames himself for what happened when in fact what happened is a hundred percent the school's the school's fault mm-hmm. so i just mm-hmm. thought i'm glad you mentioned that because i thought that was like the weakest thing in the entire movie okay so i yeah. the, okay i we should come back to this point because we should, and I want to stick to that honestly for at least a couple of minutes. I think it's a really interesting thing about parenting and trusting other people with your child, but let's come back to that. Cause I want you to, to finish this point. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what my biggest thing was, is that she just seemed to like be too perfect for like every moment in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's even true. when he, even when he comes back, you know, because there was a point where I was like, yeah, I'm sure he's going to get back with her, of course, and, like, apologize for being an idiot. 
or it just never happens. Like he, you know, he never gets back to with her and stuff, and you know, whatever. Yeah, because it's weird. Um, you you know what's going to happen, but it doesn't. It it okay. It's like not only was it never really in doubt in my head, it didn't come up for so long that I was like, does he even care anymore? Right, and it's like he didn't put in any, I guess, any effort to to get her back. Or like or like stay in touch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't, and I know that it may not be the most important part of the film, but it is something that it's important because it puts a bow on everything. Otherwise, you just like have a like this lingering thing out there. Because well, thing, Aaron, sometimes you'll just focus on one particular thing that didn't work for you because it takes you out of the whole movie. Like the mm-hmm. whole world of the movie just doesn't feel believable when something unbelievable enough happens. And we're, we're, I think we're kind of in that territory. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, see, the thing, I, I accept the idea of what happened with the daycare because I had something similar happen. Not, not that ridiculous, not like, you know, opposite gender underwear and stuff, but more like a situation where for, you know, one reason or another, you like in our case, we put a lot of trust in the educators at a daycare uh the preschool program because of a previous relationship they had with um my um you know my brother-in-law um or brother's in-law and sister-in-law they are much younger than we are um but the same directors at this new place and we figured okay well they came out great had some really good experiences so we can trust their word and the long story short is they were untrustworthy and not only were they untrustworthy, they were ruining our child's self-esteem hmm. and also getting to the point where they were doing things where if he um, was acting out, they weren't identifying triggers. They weren't even like documenting what they did to address the behavior. Um, and he was starting to lose um, trust in authority figures. All these things were coming to a head and it, it just we realized we were making mistakes by trusting them too much and not listening to our child, our child early enough about what they wanted. And by the time we needed to pull them out, they felt conflicted. It was almost like a, a you know, it, it just got really weird really quick. And I think that can happen when you're a parent where you want to, and in his case, like, you know, he doesn't want his daughter to feel ostracized. Um, but at the same time, like he, he doesn't want to force things on her that she's not probably ready to do yet, but she's five. And, you know, as you said, Tim, the school really should be doing more to be accommodating to her. I mean, maybe she's not ready to do that yet. And even the, the um, and again, this is a movie. They wrote it this way on purpose, but the comment that they made to him about not having a woman in his life would have been inappropriate in that, in that moment when they're oh. sitting there with, with, especially in front of a child, you don't say that there. So um, much. So much inappropriate and silly. Yeah. But, but I mean, but people do that. So that's the thing, like it, from a script perspective, I actually thought that was a good moment because that does happen. And people do say things that are that inconsiderate. Um, you don't expect them to. And they will say it in front of your child. And you're like, my child can hear you. They're right here and they're absorbing that. You know, like where's your EQ in this moment? I, I mean, yeah. it's also, I guess it's a more conservative school than most schools because it's a mm-hmm. Catholic school, which, are sort of known for having strict rules, but I never went to Catholic school, so I don't want to 
Castle this school. wasn't a Catholic school though that, I, that you know uh, I'm talking about, and I'm, I'm not getting into details. Well, I, it, no name in particular. I mean, come on, let's. let's <laughs> <laughs> but let, let me let me get I will say though in the four weeks in they say that they had exhausted what they knew to do with our child and we looked at them with blank stares like okay so what <laughs> you are, are, are we supposed life. to like <laughs> you're either gonna expel the kid which is oh no 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 we're not gonna go to that but then like they didn't offer a behavioral plan we needed to come up with one for them this, oh none of this made sense they they talked about you know giving our kids meds our doctor was like like Jesus okay Christ. why <laughs> like you know it's just the school wanted to do anything it could to deflect blame and and not help redirect you know behaviors they didn't feel like were positive or any of that like we tried a lot of different things with positive reinforcement and they wouldn't do those things at the school so um there are moments where i just really really felt and understood how that could happen it sounds so ridiculous now the thing that is ridiculous though is you know well i'm gonna say ridiculous like it all these things are about like a person's irrational moment at a, at a really critical juncture and even remember like when he took his daughter well this is not took excuse me when he didn't answer the call and he took his daughter to the hospital they go to the hospital where his wife died right i'd be losing my mind too i would not be acting normal and i probably would push people close to me out of my life especially somebody who I held dear and because I was kind of keeping them at the front of my mind at the moment, I missed out on being present for my child. And now they're at the one place in the world I wouldn't want them to ever be because I don't trust this staff. That, and there are hospitals where people had that happen where someone dies and maybe they didn't necessarily feel like the care was, was well done. And if they see them at that hospital, they will freak out. That I totally agree with, but I felt they tried to use that one incident to solve like three problems. Like they needed three different kinds of conflicts and they decided to get, I think they probably thought it was a really smart, efficient move, but it just felt like that little incident was carrying way too much. And who knows, maybe this really happened. I mean, maybe it happened exactly like this in his life and I should shut up. But I mean, the idea that he would blame himself for having basically a date with this woman when his child was injured at school and then be like, I, I can't be in a relationship right now. It's so absurd. Cause like, if he'd been at work, the child still would have been injured at school. If he'd been at church, the child still would have been injured at school. Well, but what they say in the, in that, and this is where I feel like there's a way they could have brought this out a little more. Cause it's mentioned in the scene, he says it, but it just never comes up again and they don't explore it. And it's actually thematically the most interesting thing. I said thematically. I, yeah, actually that's what I mean. Thematically it's the most interesting in the whole movie and they don't explore it. The idea that, because it comes up a few times that, you know, you know, uh, early in the movie says while they're um, uh, it's not the funeral there. It's after the funeral, the, the, the service after the funeral, yeah. he's sitting there talking. He wishes he says, I wishes it that it was me that that, that, that it happened to when your mother was the parent who was still here. Yeah. And when he has that conversation with Swan, he's breaking up with it. He literally says, you know, like basically that. I don't feel like I should even be here at all. Like, why am I here? Why am I alive? Why am I the one doing this? He just doesn't feel like he deserves anything good that's coming to him because he's still, you know, it's not guilt, but like there's this thing where he just feels like he's undeserving of the things that are the good things that come to him in his life. Yeah. And I think um, another thing that was interesting about that scene, now that we go back to it, is how he, uh, I guess another part of the guilt was like 
you know, he was over there getting his bones skiggity on with his mm-hmm. girlfriend. <laughs> and they called multiple times. And he probably felt like anything could have happened to Maddie at this time while he's, you know, distracted in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. And and with his wife, like what you had mentioned the Swan was that he didn't have a chance to say goodbye. It wasn't no, it was so sudden that that was just it. Like he didn't, he didn't even see her pass away type of thing. You know, he, yeah, he was, he said, I was shoved out the room. Right. Yeah. And so I guess it goes back to this, this thing and this fear of like also losing, losing his daughter and, you know, being in a situation where he can't, like he said, like when he, when he was with her at the hospital holding her hand, he had a chance to hold her hand while she was getting her stitches, but he didn't have a chance with his wife. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's the thing to Tim's point that like, I, I, I love a lot of what that scene has the capacity to do, but it doesn't quite get there. And then the movie doesn't explore these themes. Like the, it, 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 it mentions the things by name aloud, but it does not really dig deep into the root of that and that's what keeps the movie from being like this memorable classic film yeah i i think that's exactly right also i think keith i think if the writer of this movie is listening to this podcast and they just heard what you said after what i said they were like yeah what what keith said fuck you tim um (laughs) no no i i feel got both sides (laughs) yeah i feel what you're saying because even even I was like you, like it's just like this. This shit just kind of jumped. Well, cause, cause to me, I don't have an issue with him. I did say earlier that it was kind of a stupid reason to break up with it, but that's only because through my logic, I probably wouldn't have done it, you know. But, but this also speak coming from the point of view of a person that does not have a child at all, and definitely would is not in the situation. I'm, I'm assuming if I do have a child, there's going to be, you know, a woman present. <laughs> it, well, see, if, if you if you have a child, this hadn't happened to me, but I could, this would terrify me. Like if you because they, they even put on anytime you register your kid for uh, daycare. And I don't know how this goes in public school yet, but basically um, they'll say what hospital should your child go to given whatever situation, you know. In all the different help he's getting, he probably, you know, might have put whatever he put. But sometimes they need permission to do the next part. So it's like if your child needs to be transferred, oftentimes, like, you know, unless it if it's an emergency, emergency, they'll just take him. But if it's not like life threatening, oftentimes they'll call you to confirm something. But then if they're like, we really just need to go and do this, like they might just go ahead and move your child, which means like, the, the, you know, his daughter might not have gone to that hospital. I mean, again, they don't get into all these details, but like these are the sorts of things that you know that this character, given how he responds when once he sees, damn, it's this hospital, like he never would have sent her there, you know? Well, that's one thing about this movie that kind of kind of gets me, kind of bothers me. What you said about it being a little bit shallow in places, that seems like one of those examples. Because when you become a parent, one thing you realize is like they've thought everything through. Like there's a precedent for everything. Like mm-hmm. any situation you can come up with, like churches have thought of it, schools have thought of it, you know, doctors have thought of it. They bring you through so many things. You fill out so many forms and you realize that everybody's even covering their ass legally on so many things. You, w- When I first got a car from a rental car place and had to put a child seat in, 
and realize like there's no way they're putting the child seat in there for you because mm-hmm. there's so much liability stuff and you're just like oh never would have this never would have crossed my mind that that would be a thing um yeah. there's just so much precedent for everything and this movie treats it like he has to do has to discover all these things for the first time and i think kind of gets in my mind it gets at what i thought fatherhood would be like before i was a father and misses a lot of the stuff that i that i know now after only a year of doing it but like this movie presents it like diapers are going to be a really really difficult awful thing and Mm -hmm. diapers are one of the easiest things because it's one of the only things where you know this is the problem and this is how you solve it well so the only uh thing i'll push back on there and it's not really a pushback but you know different babies definitely have different um types of ammo for their poop some (laughs) do regular poop some do do, i've seen a baby do yeah i mean i've seen i've seen seen it like somebody trying to change their kid and it does a shooting poop and i was like what the hell is that um you done so many times well, pee is one thing, but like, man, it's like that. Ex- like when they were on the plane and that project projectile vomit happened, I was like, "Ooh, yeah, I remember that." that was all the time, dude. Like, that shit is like, I mean, but like the, the volume though, in the spread, and <laughs> in, in like the the inability to like, you know, actually direct it because you don't know when it's coming. It'll just happen, right? So if you knew it was coming, you you know, you direct them a certain direction, at least towards you. But sometimes, you know, some people get caught in the crossfire like it's a drive-by. I'm at the point where I think the throwing up is really cute because he tends to throw up when he's excited about something. I'm just like, that's adorable. Yeah, yeah. It tends to be like that now too, even now. <laughs> so, I, you know, the, the seven-month-old, he, he's, uh, yeah, he's he's starting to... You know the kid's about to walk already? Oh, that's him. another thing I wanted to ask about. Oh, the, was that? When Maddie walks for the, I think, the first time? Uh-huh. That's totally wrong, right? okay i i I had a thought on it but what are you talking about all right maybe other people have had a different experience but what i usually hear about with other people's kids and was certainly the case with our kid is like first they pull themselves up on something then they sort of move around like they'll move around the couch supporting themselves they'll move around the table supporting themselves and then at some point they'll start to walk like a couple steps and in the movie (laughs) maddie like spontaneously stands and then takes like eight steps I've seen a kid do it. It's really weird, but <laughs> but like it's it's pretty it's pretty rare. I I don't know. But the thing that shocked me about it wasn't that she was taking steps. Oh no! Oh, sorry guys. Was not that she was taking steps. It was the fact that she actually was walking on sand. Right. <laughs> That's why I was like, wait a minute, really? That's it's fine. It's not a big deal, but that, that would be hard. <laughs> I was like, that's incredible. Uh, but you know, other than that, now nah, I was like, that's ah, do y'all nah. think um that like just like with, with his character with, with Matt and fatherhood, do y'all think for yourselves it will be much harder to navigate, you know, being a father without a wife? Meaning like some of the stuff oh, like, you mean like, compared to what's going on right now? Yeah, I mean oh, hell like, yeah, like what to like what Tim was saying, like um there's certain stuff that it's like he him just like you know finding out about it for the first time and stuff um is it a lot i'm because i know that it's harder but i mean like do you so, think you so, have the same issues that matt had in the film 
look, here's the thing. First off, I can't even honestly imagine the trauma I'd be going through. Right. If my wife passed away right after giving birth, like that, that's always like the fear you have, you know, and, you know, you have to really kind of, you know, give the mother time to recover, like in, you know, like even once they get home, like, you know, da, da, da. Um, but if that had happened, first off, I just would be a wreck for a long time. You probably, it would not be a good idea to leave me alone to take care of myself all the way, let alone my child. Yeah, I wish, they, wish they don't you know the mothers do stay around and, and that's awesome but man that that whole thing about the sleep that is that is no joke like if that you have to do that by yourself like you would be a wreck that's a hundred percent right i feel exactly the same way i think i kept thinking of how i would feel if my wife suddenly i don't even want to talk about it like i, I think i'd be catatonic yeah like and then there's a point with a baby when you just need to hand them off to somebody else. And I also thought it was honestly just not realistic that he would send his mother and his mother-in-law away any earlier than he had to. I don't care how bad they are when they're not even bad. You would take all the help you could possibly get in that situation. Well, with his mother, that's one thing. See, you know, I, I assume the parents are retired. I really don't know. Well, the grandparents, I guess I should say, are retired. Yeah. Um, everybody has stuff they had to do back home. I mean, they can't be there forever. But the thing about the mother-in-law is that they were not on the best of terms. Yeah. Even as, you know, five years later, they weren't necessarily on the best of terms. I mean, there's still a lot of... Um, it's not animosity. It's just like there's a, a tension about, you know, what happened with, with Liz... In her passing and, you know. It happened just like that. Like, I I can't criticize. I can't say it seemed fake to me if it happened just like that in real life. Well, but, 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 so I, but I guess the other thing too is, you know, you're probably thinking, let's go like this. If you had to live with your mother-in-law. Which I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm saying alone though. Yeah. Like, cause knowing his mother had to go home, he had to live with your mother-in-law alone for months on end. You man, you'll you'll be like, look, let me try, like that, because that's what he literally the thing he said. Let me let me try to be the parent alone, and if I can't do it, I will let you know. But you gotta get the hell up out of here. It's, it's not for, gonna work. For background, uh, we moved in with my mother-in-law when our baby was born, um, because it was the middle of COVID, and we were like, we're gonna need her help. Um, we're going to be in quarantine. So we've been in that situation for like a year and it ends this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, where we actually move out, but. <laughs> oh, crap. All right, I got to ask about that. Off, well, off, I uh, love my mother-in-law. Like, let me be super clear. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> y'all, should, y'all should do like everybody in the East Coast and the West move to like the South or something. Seems like that's what everybody doing. It's Ain't it kind of crazy how the South is the one without the heat wave right now? Yeah, it's 93 as I speak. It feels great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's it'd be hot as shit out here, but um we go back and forth. But yeah, it's, it's always hot in Texas, so yeah, everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> that, that whole shebang. What did you guys think of um you know, just if, if you're going back and you know, you're like, all right, what was probably like the moment from a uh like if, if you're going back and thinking about like the workplace environment, how did that feel to you guys? Um, 
you know, did that did that feel um, off in any way to you guys? Did you you know where it's like you have a boss and the boss is kind of like you know supportive, but then sometimes doesn't always seem super supportive, and then he's like handing you off stuff. And you know, how did you guys feel about that? Like how that took place in the movie? Which is like the dynamic between him and his boss. And yeah, Jim. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was pretty interesting because I've definitely had, and I'm sure. Y'all may have had like, you know, bosses or managers that in, in some type of way they seem cool, but deep down inside, you know they really not that cool. Like mm-hmm. they like like he said, like, oh, I'm like your 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 father, or your uncle, or older brother, or something like that. And he's like, nah, you really not none of that to me, really. <laughs> and it's it's like it's like he one of those guys that that want to be kind of cool, but deep. I don't even think that he wants to. He just kind of tries to come off this way. But deep down inside, you know, he's really more about the business than he makes himself out to be, I guess. Well, I mean, but I, uh, yeah, because it's, like, I don't disagree with that, but it's almost more like a, by necessity, he is like, remember the thing he's, what's the thing he said about like a, like a, a chain of assholes, however it was put. Oh, yeah. And he said, there's a, there's another asshole that's over me. And then there's an asshole above him, right? And yeah, I mean that—that that is, you know, <laughs> that—that—that's that, how it's got to be, you know. I don't know um, why that breast conversation. I thought that was so funny to me. Which one? The breast conversation. Out when they were in at the P P. Well, I was about to say PTA. That's not what I mean. Um, now they was in the office, and he had told the. He was pretty much telling his manager that he was gonna raise his child by himself. Oh, he started, yeah. he telling him how hard it was. <laughs> And he was like, "What? What do I got that a woman don't have, or something like that?" He said, "Well, breasts for one." And then, uh, yeah. and he was like, "Well, there's there's men with breasts." <laughs> and he was like, "I'm gonna pretend like you didn't say that." No, <laughs> but 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 you know, guys, see, that's, a, that's a, the, the thing is, there's a really good joke right there as it's written. But the mm-hmm. better part of that that they just don't get to is like, yeah, if you extend that one more line, it's like, yeah, but you can't feed a you know a baby with you know whatever like it's right there they didn't use it whatever but i mean it was funny as it is though to me it was funny i, as I, it I is. didn't say it right but it, it was a funny joke. but here's the thing um if if there's a moment like let's say your your baby does not eat formula and you got to sit up there and go okay we got to split up who's taking the baby there's no real question because i can't feed the baby there's a that's uh, okay i'm really bothered by the whole thing I'm not saying I'm like a super dad in any way. I'm not. I fuck up all kinds of things all the time. But there is that like trope of women are amazing at kids and dads are complete idiots. And if you leave the baby alone with the dad, they'll starve, Mm -hmm. which is just totally exhausting. But I think the one thing that is true is like moms kind of run the clock and they kind of run the clock if they breastfeed from breastfeeding because so yeah, much if you're the dad, you can mess up the clock really bad. Yeah. The clock is really fucking important. And a lot of times mom sets the clock and I don't know, know what the clock is. What's the I clock? Just, no, just, go, go for it, Tim. Maybe you can explain it. <laughs> having a schedule, just having a sleep schedule that goes around feeding and whether you have a happy life depends <laughs> in large part on how closely your child sticks to the schedule. And my wife is a genius at scheduling. Um, and it started with feeding. Which, Not for real. Which this I is the thing. Yeah. And I'm sure Sarah's a genius at scheduling, like knowing Sarah. Because the like, thing is, if it gets messed up, let, let you be the one to mess it up. First off, 
it's going to be a problem in your house. Not just because nobody's sleeping, but she's going to be mad. And then you're going to be mad, too, because you can't sleep. And then in my case, I got another kid, and then he mad because he can't sleep. Yep. And everybody just mad at each other. And if you if your kid misses one nap or something goes a little bit off, everything's off. Yep. Wow. It's crazy. But if they if it goes well, everything's good. Yeah, everything's great if you can yeah. just, you know, keep them going. So happy. Like, it's great. It's a great day. They just look at you and laugh and make funny. <laughs> it's really chill. Their fingers in your mouth for some reason. They're hilarious. And then they get to the point where they start getting teeth and then they just mad all the damn time. <laughs> like, it's so, like, you know, look, it comes and goes in ways, it, it, you know. And oh my God, when the first week where, where um, my oldest, who's four, like slept that entire week, like, as far as like at night or like on a schedule. And we got to like sleep in, it was great. And then my wife got pregnant again. It was like, no, we reset <laughs> that clock. Um, it wasn't a no. We were very happy that we, you yeah. know, we have another boot. I think two is our max. So we we are fully like um engaged parents at two. Although, you know, okay, you know, we still make mistakes, but you know, we 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 can give everybody the time and attention they need. We put stuff down, it's really great. I don't know if we can do more than two. I don't know how people ever did more than two. It is fascinating to me. <laughs> I'm one of yeah. four, and you definitely <laughs> some wheels came off at some point. Dude, you cannot give everybody that much. As a as a husband, you cannot possibly give your wife the attention she needs. Plus, you know, well, I'd just say not the attention they need. You can't give everybody equal attention, is what I should say. It's just I, impossible. I, I honestly think my parents did a really good job with four. I really, really do. Yeah, That's I, crazy, think, but, I think. No, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? It's just that things went, there were things that went wrong. Like our house was never like the clean house. Yeah. And how could it be? Right. I mean, you need, to, unless you hire a maid because, you know, it was like, I, not that I was judgmental of people who, because I know a lot of people who are like on the, on the cusp of upper middle class and they would have people come and help clean up the house and they had kids. And I'd be like, why don't y'all just clean the house? Then I started having multiple kids. And I'm like, oh yeah, I see. I see it now. Yeah, you need time, and there's no time. And not that we have a, a dirty house, but like if there are things you didn't get to, mm-hmm. and the rest of the house clean, like man, I get to it. You know, one day when I got some another day off or something like that. But it's, if there's no rush, it's like yeah. there's here. I'm turning the screen. There's toys on the floor right now. I mean, <laughs> once you introduce Cheerios to your life and a baby, there's Cheerios and everything all the time. Man, those teething bits. But that's come in that's mostly that's mostly when they're small, though, right? Because yeah. I'm assuming you could raise your child to start cleaning up after themselves after a certain point. Sure. Yeah, yeah you can, <laughs> but it's but, a child still. Yeah, I mean, it's a child, but I mean, I shit, I was a child at one point, but I had to clean up after myself. Yeah, yeah but I mean, like, look, I, I, I don't know. We're talking about three and four year olds. So well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying when they come up with, of age, but then I also like I dated a woman. She had a four year old, and he cleaned up after himself. But Look, mine will clean after itself, but you know it takes a lot of encouragement. It takes a lot of care and stick. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you find ways to adapt to where your child is. Um, how like what works for them? Like actually, clocks are really good for Robert. Like if you give him a set time, set an alarm, he's really good at following that. He does not always just straight up listen to direction. It's not that he don't know how to do something. Well, sometimes, you know, kids are like, they know exactly how to do a thing. You've set up all these different areas for them to put things away. And they'd be like, 
maybe I can just sneak like 15 of these toys in this one area that they don't go in. Like it'd be stuff like that. You'd be like, okay, it looks kind of clean, but it's stuff where it's supposed to be. Nope. Now you can't find nothing. So, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, he, he got better at that stuff over time. He knows how to organize. He just doesn't always do it properly. But, you know, like I gave him an area for his little costumes and, his, you know, he, he has a Lego table. He can put all those things away properly there, you know, just areas like that. So we, we've, put that together for him now the thing we gotta the the new magic trick is like okay we gotta think about how to now that my seven month old is about to start walking how do we put all this stuff together like eh, i don't know yeah and i mean even with like i said with one kid that can be really challenging and oh man even this the thing that's really funny too that that's uh great as fathers with girls if you are a single father with a girl, you do have to figure out how to do their hair. And I thought of Kevin Hart trying to figure out how to do her hair was really funny because it, it is a challenge. It's a whole new skill onto itself. And then at the end of the movie, you see Swan go, oh, baby. <coughs> okay, now, now that I'm in here, I'm going to work on that hair. <laughs> like, you can see. So I, there's a lot of nice little touches in this movie, man, that I really do think work very well actually right right but but yeah that balancing your career versus what's best for your child um oh. i'm not at the level of seniority in, in my organization to be thinking about like, oh i need to travel that well and also covid kind of you know shuts down a lot of the travel stuff but um uh, like all these movies now that like were made pre-pandemic had these most where they seem dated just because people are traveling everywhere yeah um <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I, I just want to say two things before I forget. Hair Love is a, a short animated film. It's on YouTube yes. right now. It's basically about that. That is so good. Yeah, Hair Love is amazing. It's just, it's so good. And mm-hmm. your question about whether it just seemed realistic, the work situation. Um, I did think when Paul Reiser hands him his new salary on the slip of paper and it says, buy dog food. I thought that was the funniest thing in the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna turn it around. <laughs> and then yeah. the other thing where he just the part where he tried to type with his daughter sitting on his lap was the fakest thing I've ever seen in any. Hey, movie. yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's bullshit. First time I didn't cuss like that in this whole episode, but yeah, that's ridiculous. Because you absolutely, I can't do that now. Even try it unless I got him in the um. Uh, now I can't remember the name of it, but the little thing you put on on your body and you hold the child in the front without you. Oh, yeah, the, the holster, the baby holster. We call yes. it um, we, <laughs> we call it the strap on in my house, <laughs> 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 which leads to some uh, <laughs> misunderstandings. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, man, y- y'all got some some uh, real dry humor over there in that house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <laughs> well, I, no, man, you can't, you can't do anything you know the, i don't know if you guys saw the pictures I, I thought i might have shown them to you but like i was trying to play um halo anniversary collection with uh the baby in my in my hands and at first he was just observing then he put his his uh thumbs on my thumbs and he was like oh i'm doing this oh hell yeah next thing you know i can't hit nobody because he is constantly like like i'm walking forward but like my but my guys like um pointing all the way down while walking forward they're like what the hell is going on like they it got to the point where like people stopped shooting me like the like seven other people just watching me in the server going this idiot <laughs> and so in, in the chat they're like okay what's happening like, i got a baby right here in my hands they're like oh okay okay we're still gonna kill you now though now that we know what's happening but you know. <laughs> 
So yeah, I don't know, man. Like, nah, that stuff's impossible. Um, but you know, it is, it's it's I, I did really enjoy a lot of the vignettes they had um, you know, across the movie. I just thought they really fit. I thought even the um, you know, all of the what do they call them? The montages, those things. Yeah. Um, worked pretty really well um overall. And good mu- music choices. Definitely, you know, shooting for, you know, people who are, are 90s kids, you yeah. know, maybe a little older, you know, salt and pepper all up in the place, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean it's it's on point though, man. Like I, I think if you are a parent, you'll enjoy this movie. You might not watch it multiple times, but I think if you know somebody kind of was like, Oh, what's a fun movie about parents? You like you probably recall this maybe. Yeah, I think I'll I think I'll remember a lot of specific things about this movie. Honestly, it's it's another of those movies that makes you much more grateful for your spouse and much more grateful for your kids, which yeah, I think those are always good when you're, especially when you're in that mode of like, you know, well, I don't know where the bottle is, I can't find it, and you have those like stupid like things that you get cross about. It's it's nice to just take a minute and be grateful, and I think that movie definitely, definitely, definitely does that and gives you perspective. Yeah, no, 100%. It's great at that. And, you know, I wonder, um, because it seems like Kevin Hart's trying to do like some sort of rehabilitation tour. Oh, no. But no, no, no. Okay. I don't mean that like in a, I know how that came off when I said it. I I mean it as I said it, but not with the subtext (laughs) that may feel like it's weighted with the words I use. Just because you know, he had the whole thing happen with um, hosting the Oscars and then people brought up the jokes he made yeah uh before and he had apologized um didn't want to apologize again for it understandably in some ways given that it had come up before um but you know he has not done as much work on stage as a comedian of course COVID happened so you know understandable yeah, but then there's you also can't be, you can't be a comedian i did i did think that like, <laughs> in this the- culture you can- <laughs> i'm sorry I thought the stuff with like the possible gender fluid daughter, which they like sort of grazed whether she was gender fluid or something or gender mm-hmm. binary or whatever. Like I did feel like that was a little bit, and again, maybe it happened just like this. I don't know. It sort of felt like maybe his way of signaling, hey, I'm not an asshole. Like I'm tolerant. I'm cool. Um, That's weird because th- what I read from that wasn't gender fluidity, but stubborn parent who doesn't want i can't well no actually no he he wants to do things his daughter wants to do okay yeah no I th- you know what i think you're ready right i'm sorry please continue i think you're right i think you're right i feel bad for him because i think he got and maybe people will be mad at this i don't know i think he got a bad rap with the whole oscar situation because he did apologize and people make mistakes and when you apologize you should accept people's apology and operate on good faith and the way that he had to continuously apologize again and again. <laughs> just seemed really shitty. Well, you so know, the dumb, the dumb thing about this is, oh no, so go, go ahead, Keith, because I was uh, just going to mention saying, something about in the who, situation. Who wasn't stuff. wasn't it a joke, or was it? Like it was a, a joke about his his son wanting to play with like a dollhouse, and then him saying he was going to hit his son with a doll. I mean, you know, it's Kevin Hart doing Kevin Hart jokes on stage. I'll drop the dollhouse on her head. Right. And and when 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 did he tell the joke? The other thing is like, and again, you shouldn't do that. Of course. I don't think you should do that. I think you should love your kids no matter what. And he obviously is not dropping a dollhouse on his kid's head. But but But, that's the thing. I don't understand where is the line between like 
a person being a comedian and telling a joke. That's right. I agree. Because I also think sometimes the joke isn't that joke isn't on the kid. The joke, the butt of the joke isn't ha ha this kid. The butt of the joke is I'm an idiot. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's a I'm not. I'm so insecure about, you know, how he approaches gender that like I'm overreacting like this is how. And he's like, this is how my persona reacts, not like this is what I do at the house, you know. 100%. 100%. And also, I just don't, the whole prosecuting jokes thing, it's like, they're fucking jokes. The point of a joke is that it's not true. So, yeah, most of the time, most of the time. And I think there are lines that you want to straddle um, that are important. But given that he apologized, you know, I thought that, you know, it, it I don't know, whatever. I mean, I, I, I just think we are very, uh, forgiving for some people and not for others like i still remember on the bachelor situation when that girl got caught doing like the um going to those balls for like uh what do they call it antebellum stuff oh i didn't know about this and uh oh okay so the long story short is like you know one of the in the black bachelor season uh there was a, a girl there who he was into and it came out as the show is airing that she had attended some antebellum South um, things. And then Chris Harrison spoke up. Remember this is how Chris Harrison ended up getting off of <laughs> the bachelor. He's like, we're being too, she's just a young lady and da da da. And I mean, you know, we're using 2020 standards or 2020, whatever year it is. I don't even remember now. 2021 standards, let's say, and this happened like four or five years ago. And it's like, Chris, it wasn't okay then either. <laughs> what are you talking about? That that antebellum South shit, if you did it in the 60s and it, and it came up today in some way, people would question it. I don't think they hold you to it too hard. But like if you did it three or four years ago, yeah, it's problematic, bro. I'm probably not going to be kicking it with you because I don't know what you think of me. And the fact that you're going to be my love and you're going to be the person that I you know, take to, to my mama. Hell no. Mm-mm. Hell no. It's just not an option. Now, you know, um, I've heard the guy, and look, this is hilarious because the Black Bachelor's name is Matt too. Um, but he, you know, seems to, you know, have been overall kind of forgiving of the situation, which is fine. That's his prerogative. Uh, but in general, the main thing I'm getting at is people wanted to forgive the the, the woman in question about that. I think her name was Rachel. I can't remember. Um, but because I know Rachel, Rachel Lindsay, who was the Black Bachelorette, um, got kind of got caught in the middle of this because she was the one doing the interview with Chris Harrison when this happened. So it became this whole big thing about how, like, you know, she was getting mad and upset and then, you know, and kind of trapped him or some weird thing. And people in Bachelor Nation were mad. And then Chris <laughs> Harrison's like not involved anymore. Anyway, my whole thing is in general, depending on what we're talking about, people are very forgiving or they're not. And it's for certain people versus others in a lot of cases. And, you know, I just think we need to be more cognizant of that. Because I mean, I'm trying to be blanket forgiving, honestly. Like, uh, not people who I think are genuinely shitty who do like the publicist apology. Like, I have been educated by the people around me about how hurtful and painful this thing was that I did yesterday, and now I've done a complete 180. But when people do things in the past, and if they seem like they've actually learned from it and are eager to improve as people, I want to encourage them. Mm-hmm. I don't know the facts of the Bachelor lady at all, but with Kevin Hart, I feel like he definitely wanted to move on and improve and he didn't it isn't like he kept making that joke so 
I don't know. I'm in, I'm inclined. I don't hold that against him. Let me put it that way. I think, yeah. I, I think he got a shitty deal. People have said and done much worse. So, you know, who, who really should be, um, you know, held accountable, you know, in, in more ways than that. So, you know, um, but, but I do feel like Kevin Hart has decided he wants to do some roles. Like, I forgot the name of the movie he did with, um, come on, uh, Cranston. Thank you. Jeez, that was crowd. I was about to say Heisenberg. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> and, I mean, he deserves way more respect than that, obviously. But, the, you know, he he's trying different roles. He wants to do some more dramatic stuff. He wants to be known for his acting chops a little more. Um, what do you guys think of Kevin Hart's acting performance as a whole in this film? Like, did you buy him as a character and as a father who was going through that situation? Um, I personally did. You know, surprisingly so. Like I said, this is my first time seeing him in anything dramatic. And and I did. And even in moments where, you know, he was obviously, I guess, not really even trying to be funny. It just felt a little bit more, you know, natural than in his. You yeah, know, it felt form. like instead of him trying to be funny, that's just kind of like it's naturally yeah, kind of coming because normally he has this thing where it's like he's and i think he did it once but it didn't bother me because it only had happened once but it's like he kind of tell a joke and he keep going on about the joke and then keep going and keep going and keep going yeah he did that early on a lot yeah but that but that would kind of make sense for that character where he was at that moment um but he, he definitely wasn't the hey you play too much characters yeah that's i mean he was like that yeah early on when his wife was still alive you know? right 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 that's what I mean. <laughs> you know so but then after that you see you know him pretty much dealing with and having to you know deal with that trauma that he went through and having mm-hmm. to live with it and kind of really dealing with it on his own because even his 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 um what do you call it his mother-in-law she dealt with it in her own way, but they never really came together to kind of grieve together the way that they probably should. Yeah, no, that's true. I agree with that. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Like, this movie is interesting because oftentimes you watch something and it's, it's a little fanatical or it's, you know, it's, it's like playing on extremes in some ways. Uh, but a lot of the things in this film, not necessarily the playground scene, Tim, we're, we're never <laughs> there, but a lot of the things in this, in this film feel like they could be rooted in things that could happen just in general, um, you know, and, and do actually occur quite a bit. Oh, man, I was so on tilt when Maddie held those keys outside the window. Oh, <laughs> I was stressing out. I was like, please, Robert, never do that. He, he, I could see him doing it, though. And then I want to scream. It's like there are things your kids do sometimes where you're just like, what in the hell possessed you to do this? Like, come on. Like, that is the you you know that behavior isn't allowed. Are you doing it? <laughs> I just want to yell at you right now. But I can't because I like he actually did this yesterday. I was on the phone with his new daycare. And he knows I'm on the phone with the new daycare. So he is just <laughs> taking full advantage. And I'm just looking at him the whole time. Like, as soon as I get off this phone. Oh, I can't wait till I get off this phone. That's, I gotta the thing, that's the thing of being a comedian now, though, of like, here's the rules. The rules are hard. That's when you're a great comedian. It was when you can figure out how to do that. Because that's what kids do. They're like, I know I'm not supposed to do this thing. I'm going to do that thing. 
I'm gonna do exactly mm, that. that's 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 the hilarious way of putting it. I'm gonna touch it. I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna pull this off. I'm gonna do it. Like it's just gonna be hilarious. And oh, I don't know. There's some there's some instincting, all of us to do that. I think, and it's it'll get you burned. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's why you can do it at home and figure out you know what you can get away with. I guess. Yeah, and if you're good at it and you can pull it off, it's the funniest thing in the world if you don't get burned. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. My son's yeah. such an extrovert. I'm I'm trying to. He's not like me at all. Like I'm, I'm trying to like still absorb that. It's, it's weird. Yeah, he's an extrovert like his mama. Mm-hmm. Sure, he is. Like literally, if we out, and actually, the baby too is like, I'm not gonna go to sleep. I'm not missing anything. <laughs> like what? Man, go to sleep, bro. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> my father was just talking to me the other day about. I don't know why, just about having kids and stuff and how I should have kids. He didn't really give me a good reason. But I don't know if I had this conversation with y'all. Like, I kind of had, like, one of the moments where I didn't – I just don't really understand why I would have kids. So I'm I'm wondering, like, with y'all, did y'all always want to be fathers or did it hmm. – was it once you met your wife you knew you wanted to be a father or did, you know, it just happen? I mean, I've had moments of being in and out, but mostly when it was, like, I didn't want to be – like, it was most like the thing I was – if I ever actively thought about being a parent, it was, like, I kind of didn't want to do it. And it was mostly because, like, I was concerned about the outside world and its circumstances and, like, just stuff like that. Um, and there are things about when you have a kid that they do, like you just can't quite explain. Like there's something about watching a person grow and, and do things beyond what you, beyond the parameters you've given to them mm-hmm. and express themselves and be very fluent in and uh, even in my four year old right now, like I feel like there are ways that he chooses to express himself uh, that really surprise me. And he has, you know, ways he corrects me. And I'm like, I guess you're right, actually. I, I guess I got to hold that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, but it, it's really rewarding in ways that like you just can't even really like explain to other people until they're in that moment, too. Yeah, I, I I was really analytical about it. And either I didn't want to have one or I was like, well, logically, if we have a kid, we should adopt them because there's a lot of kids who need who need a home. And why do we need another kid in this earth? And I was I, I regret everything. Like, I, I really wish I'd done it earlier. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's It's my favorite thing about being alive. Is having a kid, and I never would have anticipated this. I every every friend who said, "Oh yeah, it's the best thing ever. It's so much better than you know whatever other thing you think is fun." They were totally right, and I I don't I don't know how to explain it. It's totally hard, um, but it's it's so completely worth it. Like just seeing, you just I, this sounds so flaky and stuff, but I feel more connected to life itself, and the universe like i'm part of something um like i have ancestors and i'll have future descendants Mm. um, and they're all connected to each other in some way and like i my grandfather just died and i don't know i want like my son to have like a 
a rock that he owned or something just to like connect him to the past and connect the past to the future. And I'm not really expressing it well, but it's just, it just feels like all of life has more meaning. And I don't have that thing of all at all of, well, there's going to be global warming and we're not going to be here anyway, or who could bring our child into a world like this. I just feel much more optimistic about the world. Like I, I, I feel like I have much more of a stake in making the world good and in being nice to other people and like just having more of a it's like owning versus renting if that makes sense it's a much more of a spread love situation yeah although you know for some people it's weird like they have like the opposite view where like they become so protectionist of of their child that like they feel like any giving any inch of society to other people who are not like them is like the worst thing in the world, which is how like you get the opposite reaction of a lot of people. I, I feel the total opposite of that. I feel yeah, like, me too. I, I feel like I want to, I have so much, I, I never understood how hard it would be to be a single parent before. And ne- it never crossed my mind how difficult that is and how every single like single mom or single dad, you know, Dude, I don't know how the hell my mom did. I mean, my, my father was involved to be clear, but you know, we, yeah. Uh, and I saw my dad all the time. He came to visit every weekend, which is amazing. But it's just like that that day to day dealing with me. <laughs> like I just like, oh my god. It might it might just be one of those things that you just learn to deal with if you're in the situation where you have to deal with it. Yeah, but see, like putting up with another person in general who lives with you, even as a roommate, can be its own little thing. But like when you need to like be like a role model all the time and you need to actually be careful about what you say and how you say it and be more mindful um about certain things like and just kind of like model the behavior you want your child to have um those things you know consistently doing that can be a challenge you're never going to do it perfectly all the time because i mean you don't even do it when you're alone all the time right you know to to you know perfection uh but there's a a certain amount of um things that and, and that's other thing sometimes you can give your kid like the the best example of stuff and they just they're not going to do that thing and learning to accept that and not get frustrated with the child because they, they're they're being who they are they're learning who they are they're going to mold into something different than they are hell sometimes day to day um you know it that that is a parent learning to like take away their selfish part of you that just wants them to do the thing you want them to do and let them become who they are that you know for me to some degree is like one of the bigger challenges is just you know not being a helicopter parent letting them make mistakes you know letting him socialize and figure out you know and, and determine the boundaries for himself in social settings like that sort of stuff you know, it's really interesting because you're just like kind of watching them do things you're like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do it like that. But like, you got to kind of let them make mistakes, you know, like you can't just be in there doing everything for them all the time. Right. Um, so it, it's a, you know, you can't do the same thing for every child um, by any means, you know, you can be a great parent and, and, you know, your child still not have an amazing outcome. And that's something you have to accept too. Oh yeah. I think about this all the time with, if you do an incredible job, with your child, they might go up to be president. And if you do an absolutely terrible job with your child, that might motivate them to go up to be president. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I don't think Bill Clinton's father was in the picture at all. Obama's father left when he was really young. Like, and then you got George W. Bush, got Donald Trump's father is like, a seems like a total helicopter father um, mm-hmm. who gave him millions of dollars and he turned out to be 
the worst president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, yeah, it, it just it depends, right? And and who knows, it's like I'm sure like all kind of other factors, you know, for, for how that comes together. But um, you know, overall I think um you just you just never know. I mean, like I knew plenty of kids who did not turn out great, but their parents were amazing people and they really, really tried hard, you know, to to support them and to give them the sort of love and support they needed. But they did not, you know, feel like um, they could kind of pursue who they were and, 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 you know, find happiness at home for whatever reason. Um, and and that, you have to be okay with that sometimes. And I just think especially adoptive parents and parents who end up being single parents either by tragedy or because they had to be single parents to help their kid have a better life whatever it is, just deserve so much respect and don't get 100% enough appreciation and like anything you can do to make somebody's life a little, anybody in that situation, if you can make their life a little bit easier, do it. Yeah, I definitely, I think I would consider down the road adoption, but I mean, I think we want our children to be, you know, done with their school stuff, at least from the grade school level. Um, but you know, my wife uh, was adopted, you know, by her father. And, you know, I, th- I think it's really, um, it's important to, you know, if you're capable of doing that, if you feel like you got the strength to do that and that, you know, help somebody who, you know, is in a foster situation and needs that help and you can be that rock for them, then, you know, there's always an opportunity to do that if, if you don't feel comfortable with, you know, the birthing process, things like that. I hope that people still see that as an avenue. Um, and I think it's something that really should be a greater, um, you know, kind of policy thing that people could probably agree on on a bipartisan level, you would think, Amen. to help take care of kids. But then again, they don't really, you know, they don't focus on kids as much as they should. Now, we really should be focusing a lot more on education and investing in, in early child education. We're starting to see some of that now. Um, and, and hopefully that, you know, we can see that continue uh, for a bit, maybe the hope. So, but we've gone on for a bit, um, and it's probably a good time to stop, but I do want to ask if you guys have any closing thoughts about the film. I, I would recommend people watch it, especially if you're a parent. Um, yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah that's probably the, the best best way to close and you know um keith you've been silent for a second do you have anything you want to add no like i said i think you know i think it's a solid film it's it doesn't like i said it doesn't really stand out that much but if you you know want to see something different and if you want to cry a little bit maybe you know it's the perfect film you know maybe something to watch on a sunday afternoon or something yeah, agreed. All right. Well, look, if you made it this far, we appreciate it. You enjoyed the conversation, obviously. Give us a rating, five stars preferably. And we really would appreciate it. If you even just share the podcast with one person, that's really important to us to spread the word, let people know we're coming on each Thursday um, and bring y'all some, you know, good content. Um, Keith, where can they find us on the social? Right, we on Facebook and we also on Instagram at the Low Key Pod. Perfect. And Tim, anything to plug for Movie Maker? Um, next issue is really good. I'm going to announce here for the first time ever, Felicity Jones is on the cover. It's really good. Damn.
damn. Okay, okay, okay. Gen- man, y'all get some good covers, man, in in <laughs> in, in, in features, shit, in the magazine. That's that's sick. All right. Dang. Well, yeah. Subscribe to Movie Maker Magazine, people. Yeah, don't forget to do that. All kind of great stuff there, and of course, support the website where they bring amazing stories every day about you know the the craft of filmmaking. I always like some cool nuggets there that you don't get anywhere else. Thanks, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think we've covered all our bases, so um, we'll have to come up with something really awesome to talk about next time. It's like I want to. We could make a whole Loki podcast, and I talk about that every week. That show's pretty solid, actually. Yeah, I got to see the new one. Oh, it's, it's 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 good, man. It's good. I'm I'm surprised I like it as much as I do. Um, might see Black Widow. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. July 9th? Yeah, I think that's it. Very excited for that. Yeah, it's definitely coming up soon. Awesome, so, Zola. I think we're gonna see that in a theater on Friday. Which one? Zola. Yeah, Zola looks good. Which yeah. one is Zola? Um, it's based on the Twitter thread about this woman. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm dumb. Look, I, I'm the one who retweeted in the, the story this morning about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, finish telling people what that's about. I'm sorry. Um, one woman invites another to go on like a road trip to be strippers, and then it gradually gets uh, more and more harrowing and crazy. That does seem super fun. Is it available on demand at all? Do you know? I don't know. Things coming out in theaters. I don't know if it's going to be. I know it's in theaters, and I know I'm actually going to go to a theater because that seems like a good theater movie. The look of it is awesome. Man, COVID you know, just takes away theater. some of stuff. There's a movie theater, like literally, like three minutes walking distance from my apartment. I haven't. <laughs> haven't. Like, I just literally walked in there one day and walked back out just to see it. It's a Cinemark, and I'm like, I got to go here one day. <laughs> he wanted to make sure it was a real movie theater. It might be this weekend. No, we were we were thinking about seeing Corella there, but there was no seats. Uh, I mean, all no, seats like, on the screen, so we was like, "Fuck it, we're out." <laughs> Wait a minute, Texas be y'all already move, watching uh, movies in theaters like that? Did yeah, Texas- I told you. I, I thought I told you like months ago that these folks were not like. COVID's been over in Texas for. <laughs> COVID's been, been over in Texas since April of 2020. Nobody's wearing masks. Like literally, no one is wearing masks. Oh, yeah, man. People, people be making fun of us wearing masks out in Tennessee. They they point and laugh now. Like if we, if we go to Dixon County, which is just um, it's only a couple of counties over, they'd be like, ha ha, ha ha. Now I hope they don't think we're like you know eating babies like some people be saying now, but we're just trying to be safe, man. Yeah. Make sure our kids are good. Massachusetts, there's no one wears masks, and then occasionally you'll go to a place where everybody's wearing masks, and you're like, oh, okay, all right, let me just go dig out my mask. I guess we're doing this again. By the way, I was talking, I was on a work call this morning with uh, one of my coworkers in India, and um, you know, of course, there they had a, a huge wave come, and it's starting to get back under control. And uh, one way or another, we got to talking about this, and he goes, because uh, I was telling him, yeah, you know we're starting to have some more stuff come up here and he's like yeah that delta plus i was like look man i'm still worried about the delta i don't even i know the delta plus exists i've heard people talk about it but i'm, I'm still on delta he's like yeah man y'all really screwing up over there i was like hey man thanks appreciate it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm enjoying this little uh moment of things being 
relatively okay. I don't know what the future holds. Man, I'm just on, I'm on the ride, man. I'm I'm like on on the uh, I don't know if look this this is gonna be for Memphis people. The zip and pipping. That's what I feel like I'm on right now. It was a rickety old wooden <laughs> roller coaster in Liberty Land. I'm gonna say nobody from Memphis listens to this podcast. No, that's not so, true. So ain't nobody gonna know what the zip and pippin is, but me and you. But anyway, let, let's go ahead. <laughs> let's go ahead and get out of here. And I'll let y'all on the next one. All right, peace. Peace. Yeah, man. I don't even know why people got on the zip and pippin'. <laughs>